0: Hi, everyone. My name is Claire O'Shea, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Dance podcast. This episode is a Best of BOD compilation where I share the best tips and tricks from previous episodes and interviews. Today's show includes my favorite tips and insights from past interviews with fabulous female dance business owners
1: and entrepreneurs. So let's dive straight into the show.
0: You talked a little bit as well about, you know, when you sort of took over, there was, you know, websites and things like that. But Mm. what is your opinion on having a strong social media presence as a dent educator, and entrepreneur? Like, how do you stay up to date with posts? Like, I know you guys have a pretty big social media presence. So I'm just interested to see what your um, thoughts and, you know, and if you have any other tips for other studio owners who are wanting to increase their social media presence.
2: Yeah. Look, I mean... Just do it. I mean, just start. If it's something that you're not sure about, I'll just encourage you to just get in and... Um, you know, just start. It doesn't matter. Um, the thing is, it's not it's not like your website where you you post something and it's there permanently. And if it's yeah. wrong, you need to go in and update it. You know, your feed is going to keep flowing. So um, just play around with it and, and get started. The the thing I would encourage people to think about is try and create a feed and, and a, a window into your world. Mm. Um, you know, it's an incredible opportunity to to show people behind the scenes and and what your studio. Is really going to look and feel like? Yeah. Um, I think often, you know, um, you know, traditionally, dance schools have promoted, you know, we've got students in the Australian Ballet, and yeah. and these are all our wonderful achievements. But for a parent with a little child, that's not really. I mean, maybe they are. There's, you know,
3: <laughs> there's definitely <laughs> some, some. <laughs> might be,
2: have their sights set on that. We know yeah. that, but generally speaking, parents are not interested in that. They're just mm. interested in knowing. Is my child going to have a good time? Will they be well cared for? Um, will What will the space look and feel like? And so that's the angle I've taken where I just want to, to sort of open that window and show people what we're about. Um, and social media is about a conversation. It is social. Yeah. Um, so it is different to your website. So, I, yeah, that's sort of the angle I've taken with it. And it's it's great. It's fun too. Just have yeah. fun with it.
0: Absolutely. And do you get your team to help you gather footage and things or is it is it just you that sort of makes your way around the studio and, you know, takes – Photos and videos and things like that as well.
3: Yeah.
2: So what I do, I have um, all of my staff are pretty good with that too. Mm-hmm. Um, they will take pictures or little video clips in class and then they'll either airdrop it to me or we yep. have a, um, a closed group for my staff team and they'll often just pop some photos up in there and then I can just pick and choose what I want yep. from there. Um, But, yeah, that was definitely challenging as we started to grow and I had more staff and I needed to think about, oh, how are we going to manage this? But Mm. my team are pretty good with that So um, because otherwise it can just be a bit from my perspective. Yeah, and
0: that's that's something that I find um, or found as well when I first started growing is that I was really keeping up to date but I had to sort of educate Mm -hmm. my team on the importance of actually gathering photos and videos and really sort of celebrating Students in other classes because else it felt like the only yes. t- kids who got on the on the fa- on Facebook on the Facebook on Facebook on and everything. Facebook. <laughs> um, yeah, they do get a real kick out of it. Like when they do something good, sometimes the kids are like, "Am I yeah. am I going to go on Facebook?" And I'm like, "Well, that's here nor there." But yeah, they do get yeah. excited about yeah. it as well. So it's I think it's nice to, um, yeah, show that and yeah. The
2: thing is, we've got such a great audience. I mean, parents are engaged. Yeah, they want to see kids up there um so those little posts always go really well you know if you've got mm. a little clip from class and they'll you know they'll tag the grandparents because the grandparents are on Facebook too you know yeah. so True. Um, it's just a perfect opportunity we're so lucky um you know I've got friends that are other business owners and they don't You know, I mean, if you're an accountant, how, you know, what interesting posts have you got today? I mean, we've got incredible content. Yeah, it's so true. Um, Yeah, Yeah,
0: amazing. Now, one of the main reasons I got you on today was to talk a little bit about your values because they are so present, I think, within your social media, as well as, you know, all the messages that you share online and, you know, at your studio as well. So for our listeners, I'm just going to quickly touch on your values. So you have four values. They are fun and engaging inclusive community and excellence which is fantastic so we also at my studio have a value system and i think that you know it's really a really fantastic way to build a foundation and sort of gives you a structure of how to even create your classes and things that you share online it's basically an amazing you know theme in everything that we do but um you have four so can you tell us a little bit more about them maybe how you came across the sort of process of doing it and even, you know, how, how you kind of rolled that out within your studio?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I guess it's, it has evolved over time and I, I, that's one thing I would encourage people to do is to keep going back to them and um, don't just pop them there and have a list and then walk yeah. away from it. That You know, you keep thinking about them and evolving them and um, every um, year my team we will sit down and we will um, do a whole range of different exercises depending on what we're sort of looking at but we'll use those core values to think about what we want for the year ahead and we'll really unpack that and Mm. um, just keep defining them and talking about them um, as a team so my staff are are, you know familiar and well versed in what they are Um, I guess they're also guiding principles when I'm looking at employing staff um, yeah. and bringing people through the studio so that um, if if their values don't align with our studio values, then they're not going to, they might be the best dancer and teacher in the world. But yeah. if they don't believe that um, every child has the right to experience a dance class and only want to work with elite students, well, then they're actually not the right teacher for my studio um, yeah. and they might be best yeah. off going elsewhere. So, so for me, it's... Um, Um, They're really helpful in terms of guiding my decision-making and and everything that we do sort of from a a broader planning perspective. On a daily basis, um, they're also great within the class context, you know, when we sit down with the kids at the start of the year, um, you know, and sometimes we've got those more challenging classes where you might have a few, um, you know, strong-willed kids or whatever it might be. Um, I'm not talking about preschoolers. I'm talking about more that sort of primary school age group. Um, And they can be a really great, fun thing for them to talk about and and what do those values mean for them. And so when we come into class, we're respectful and we um, include other people, we don't leave people out, you know, all those sorts of things that can be broken down at that level as well. You know, they're up on our wall in the reception area. They're on the website. They're in all of our content. So it's just constantly sort of reminding people: this is what we're about. This yeah. is how we do things here. Um, and so, if things do go wrong, if there are, you know, um, misbehaving parents, then it's yeah. it's an easier conversation to have with them and say, look, mm-hmm. this is not how we do things here. These are these are what we believe, and this is how we behave here it's not always an easy conversation, but at least it's a reference point. Absolutely. Um,
0: Yeah. And um, touching on that as well, like you said, if you're sharing it in, you know, many different ways across you, like physically in your business, online, in your classes, Well, you should be kind of attracting people who are really, um, attracted to that message. So I guess you're kind of essentially weeding out those people that you might have to have that difficult conversation with in the first place. So, you know, by really knowing what your business is about, you are attracting people who, you know, are also attracted to that message, which is just amazing.
2: Yeah, and I think it's, um, I mean, look, I've grown in confidence in that over the mm. years and I would encourage anyone that's maybe, you know, starting out to really stick to those values and, and stick to what you believe around that and not let, not waver from it because yes. I think, you know, you can often feel like you want to please everybody in business. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it's not worth it it's not worth the trouble um that those people may cause you um yeah. and it impacts on the rest of the 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 vibe within the school you know it's um Yeah. And we don't have too many problems here and everyone that comes in, you know, the kids, well, the parents tell me they love being here. Or one parent said to me, she said, I've never seen so many kids bounce out of a place with smiles on their faces, you know, and that, that to me was just like, yeah, amazing. Like they just bounce out of here. Um, And that's what we want, you know.
0: I have mentioned in your bio that you have created and and run Dance Teacher Central, which is your education for uh, teachers program, but for studio owners who maybe don't have that syllabus yet, or they're not sure exactly where to start or even how to start training their team members, how do you recommend that they would begin? Okay, so what I often say to,
3: to studio owners who aren't sure where to start is just get a piece of paper and a pen. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that I want them to do is, so I want them to think over a 12 month plan and within 12 months, how many times do they want to train? How many times do they want to meet up with their teachers? Yeah. So for some, it could be weekly, it could be monthly, it could be each term um, depending on the situation.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Once they've then allocated those times, Um, then I want them to work out how they want to meet. So do they want to do it face-to-face? Do they want to do it online through a Zoom call or, um, you know, other options that way? And so work out the best way that's going to suit them and their team. So they may be in different locations. They may be in different suburbs or different states, you know, so they need to work out what's best for them. And then um, make a list of the topics that they want to cover. So. That can that can derive from issues that happen throughout the year, and they can just make mental notes. Oh, it must talk about that in training or mm-hmm. things like that. And then I, I just basically get them to split their topics across evenly across their training times throughout yeah. the year. Okay, uh, and that's really the best way to start.
5: Yeah.
0: Well, it seems simple, but I know um, I've been speaking to people who are really nervous about the the aspect, I guess, and the concept of actually. Training their team, and they're not exactly sure where to start. So that's a really sort of simple process, like you said. the decide on the mm-hmm. amount of times, how they want to meet up, and then the topics. But uh, do you have any like, if someone who's never trained anyone before, any of their team members, do you have like a, a go-to topic that you think everyone should start with? Uh, my
3: personal favorite is communication, awesome. <laughs> because communication is it is the core foundation of everything that we do. That we do so. Yeah, it's a big topic. Um, It's number one in my meetings. But it is, if if you can get communication, then you're 90% of the
0: way there. Fantastic tip. I love that. Hey guys, before we continue with the episode, I just want to quickly jump in and make a special announcement for all of my Australian dance entrepreneurs. So I'm thinking of hosting a half-day workshop in the Melbourne CBD area and I'm just putting it out there to see who would be interested. I'm also considering traveling to Sydney as well if there are people down there interested in a similar workshop. So at this workshop, I would be discussing systems, planning and creating a year-long marketing strategy for your studio as well as planning out all of your goals for. 2019. I'm obviously always open to other suggestions as well, but this would be a really practical workshop where we break things down step-by-step and get it done there on the day and you walk away with an action plan and step-by-step things that you need to do for the year ahead. So the dates would be January 12th or 13th, 2019 in Melbourne, potentially the 14th or 15th in Sydney. So if you were someone you know who is interested in in this, or you know someone who is interested in attending this workshop. Please email us at info at claireoche dot com, so that we can really make sure that we've got enough numbers to go ahead. This will still be a very intimate event. It's not going to be a big one. I'm hoping to hire out a co working space so we can really break this down and get some action taken, like on the day. Now let's dive back into the show. And I really like um, how you've got those two kind of layers, like you said, that monthly. And then there's, you know, the Mm -hmm. shop where you can, you know, if you're needing like a little bit of extra inspiration or you're wanting to, like you said, launch a birthday party, you can grab, you know, those, those smaller items all year round, which I think is wonderful.
5: Absolutely. Thank you. And, you know, speaking of the birthday parties, I mean, that is such a good way to increase revenue for studios. Mm. You know, I know some studios do and some studios do not, but parents pay a pretty decent amount. For birthday parties, and it's an often overlooked area where you can actually, you know, come in and and really increase revenue. Mm. Um,
0: It is uh, something I've noticed uh, quite not everyone, but uh, you know, a few more studios are doing, and we have had a few Mm -hmm. queries uh, this year. And it was just not something that I could take on board because, you know, even though I've got an amazing team, I feel like it's really important to be you know, at my focus is the, the, the class, the classes. So I wanted to make sure I was mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. on top of that first, but then yeah, next year we will be launching birthday parties. So I'll be sure to check out your birthday party. Theme. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like you said, we, we have our own venue, so it is a great way to recoup uh, lease fees and rental fees. But um, yeah, it seems to be an exactly. uh, an area where people are willing to pay you know, a higher amount, mm-hmm. them, which is interesting, isn't
5: it? Oh, absolutely. And then not only that, I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've done a birthday party and seven moms will come up to me and say, we really want our daughter to take dance with you. So yeah. not only are you, like you said, you know, helping with the rent of your space, et cetera, mm. but you're also potentially getting lots of new dancers on the door that are going to be paying you monthly tuition. So, exactly. so really, it's, it's been a really great thing. Awesome.
0: You know, with keeping this in mind, like you said, you have, you know, you work with clients, you have programs and things. Do you notice, is there a big problem that you see currently or is there an issue that people are having that keeps popping up currently that you feel your business provides a solution to or even just something that you notice that everyone is sort of struggling with at the moment?
5: Yeah, um, there's, there's kind of one thing and mm. it's, it's a good thing and a bad thing, but mm. dance teachers often teach how they were taught. And so, you know, if you had really fabulous teachers who use really progressive methods and that kind of thing, you know, a lot of that will seep into your own classroom. But there's other strategies that aren't as effective, or there's just been better ways that have been developed. And so sometimes we don't think about why we teach a certain way. We just kind of do it because we're like, oh, well, my teacher taught me that way. Mm. Um, So I think what I do with Dance at Tips is I kind of provide a lens or like a topic for people to self assess their teaching. Right? So like a couple weeks ago, for instance, I did this whole kind of theme of classroom management and I did a blog post on how there's four different types. And a lot of people were writing to me like, Oh, I didn't even know there were all these types. And like I didn't realize that I kind of fall into this category. And then they were like reading about how to be of a more of an authoritative classroom mm-hmm. manager. And so I think dance ed tips kind of helps you take a second and be like, oh, okay, well, do I, do I want to keep that in my teaching practice? Is that most effective? Or can I mm-hmm. add something to my classroom that's going to make everything just run more smoothly and my kids are going to learn faster and just become better dancers and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's, it's great to teach how you were taught, but sometimes it can, it can stop us from adding new you know, exciting and better strategies in our classroom.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is um, particularly, like you said, you know, possibly for those that have done like a full-on education degree or something, I think those things are kind of addressed and are a bit more um, laid out. But a lot of dance teachers, you know, go from being in the classroom to then teaching in the classrooms themselves. And particularly if they had a good experience, like you said, it's, they're more likely to want to try and replicate how they were taught but it's so wonderful as well to then identify okay i'm i'm this type of teacher but if i add this element that i could be you know this much more effective so that's really exciting and um yeah it's it's there's so much information out there like you said and obviously you're providing it too but uh, yeah i think when it is sort of easy to um read or listen to or absorb then that information gets out there so much quicker
5: which is awesome yeah exactly
0: you created an amazing book called how to run a preschool dance studio, which is still on my bookshelf. And I just wanted to know what was it like to turn your knowledge of this particular area and experience into written form for peers in our industry?
4: Well, um, Yeah, I mean, this was quite an interesting little story. I mean, I'd been one of those people who through my 20s, you know, I always wanted to write a book. I mean, I don't think I knew what it would be about (laughs) exactly, but I was just one of these people that one of my bucket list goals was like, I want to write a book and I wanted to write a book by the time I was 30. I don't know. It was Mm -hmm. just a thing. Mm -hmm. and um but I didn't know what it would be about and then what was interesting was when I was running uh the dance studio and having success with with the classes and the program and everything I um I was in one of those dance teacher groups on Facebook. You know, there's quite yeah. a lot of those, and yes. yeah, and you know, we talk about the different. You know, any teachers out there listening, you know what I'm talking about. Um, mm. You know, and you talk about a range of subjects, and I don't know. We were talking about um, something to do with with issues with the preschool age group, or you know, um, systems and this sort of stuff. And so I put in a post there where I said, look. I could give people a few tips. You know, I could give you a few tips on some Mm -hmm. things that I've done that actually worked quite well. And if you just leave your your email, I'll get in touch with you. And I thought there'd be Mm -hmm. about 10 people and I could help them out. Advice, you know. Yeah. And there was over 200 that left. Yeah. And it happened really quickly. Every time (laughs) I... That's amazing, yeah. I know. Every half hour I'd go back. And I'd be like, well, there's another, you know, 20 people or 50 people. Mm. And I thought, oh, my God, this is full on. How am I going to do this? And it just kept growing. Um, and how am I going to um, write individually to all these people? I mean, I started doing it and then it became ridiculous. So then I started putting all the emails and it was just, you know, you know, like I did my best and I yeah. sort of did a, few, a bit of a newsletter sort of thing. And then I thought, wow, there's really like sort of an interesting tribe here that um, want advice and are interested in what other teachers, you know, what peers have to say. And I reckon that I, it just really just came to me like that. Like I reckon that this book that I've been wanting to write, I could base it on, on what I did and my own experiences and what I tried and just put it out there, sort of, mm. for people. Um, and I think that no one had really sort of done that. And so, um, yeah, so that that was what inspired me to write the book. It was that there was a problem, and then I had some ideas to add. You know, not all the ideas or all the solutions, but just some ideas that people could could um, you know tap into. And so yeah. then I just simply went through the sequence of events that I had done and, um, turned it into a book and, um, yeah, it's been really a really fascinating journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And like, I saw a post that you wrote recently about this and I know myself that this book is still bought cause I, you see it pop up, like you said, in Facebook groups and on book recommendation lists. And I know it's still bought and downloaded from all around the world every single week, but you know, in still communicating with people in the industry and dance studio owners, like what do you think and what's the feedback you've gotten about the biggest takeaway from the book for studio owners? And why do you think the book has been such a success?
4: Well, yeah, look, I mean, I think as, as I said before, I mean, it's very niche. I mean, there are a few books out there about um, preschool classes and creating your preschool programs, but I mean, still, I mean, even if there's only half a dozen of those, it's very, very niched. Yes. Um, So if you're running a studio and you want to go out there and buy every book about running studios you know, you probably only got a handful of books and mine and yep. would be one of them. So um, so the niche would be one thing as to why it's still bought. I think three years on and I do no marketing, you know, on mm. the book. So I think that's why it's still bought because when they look it up, you know, or look up studio, dance studio books, I mean, it, mm. it comes up. So um, in our industry, there aren't many. So there's room for many more. So just a PS, fair <laughs> Dance <laughs> Teachers, you know, if you have an angle on something... And this is the thing with writing books is that, yes, it can be an angle on, you know, on anything, on how to manage the studio, how to be a leader in your studio, how to, you know, and mm. you could turn that into any sort of book and it can be short or long or whatever. I think mm. also um, the way my brain works is very kind of sequence-based. Yeah. And so it, it sort of wasn't all chucked in there. Um, it was in these seven steps. And so I think... Yeah. The, the sort of the sequence helps people yeah. and it helps your mind to sort of simplify and go through. Mm. Um, the biggest the biggest takeaway for studio owners, I mean, with with the feedback that I you know have got over the years, um, one is about creating original programs. You know, they you mm-hmm. know people really do desire to you know this have this desire to create their own program and sort of there's you know a little bit of um oh you know can I do that you know or should I just buy an off-the-shelf program
6: yeah
4: um but there's a there's a sort of a desire to create their own program so um you know I've talked to people about that so I think that's like chapter three in the book we talk about Mm. creating your own program and I sort of explain in the book what I did and it's totally up for grabs you can do that or you know it just gives you an idea as to Mm. There's no one perfect way, you know, that you can play with it and you can create your own. Um, And the other thing that the book has also spurred people on with, interestingly, is um, sort of looking at all these steps and people then coming and asking about, you know, how to sort of become more systemized which is what you do with studios Claire and you help people do that which is great because also if they want to sell the studio I Mm. think they have a feeling that they need to become very systemized and organized and so um, I've spoken to people about that but um, and it also is pretty it's a pretty open you know I sort of reveal like exact emails that I Sent and you know, exact sort of little mm. stories and things. So it's sort of Absolutely. it's very, yeah. It's not just sort of you could do this. It's sort of like yeah. So I did this, and that's mm. sort of, that's what happened.
0: Amazing. And I do think it's super powerful to you know something that obviously probably at the time was a really hard experience for you, but then you turned it into such an amazing positive. I guess even you know change for all of the students that you have within your studio and then all the students that you've taught. And then now that you're moving into, you know, educating other teachers as well, which is so, you know, amazing that you have taken that sort of, well, I guess it would have have been a negative experience at the time and turning it into such a positive thing for yourself and for other people as well.
6: Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot, especially because one of my one of the things that I always tell myself that I try and center my work around is that I want to be the teacher or the thing that I needed when I was a student. Um, and I could have used, I mean, I had wonderful teachers. I'm so grateful for, you know, the education that I had as a dancer. Um, but I could have definitely used a teacher or a mentor or a friend or a fellow student who, you know, said, hey, what's, you know, what's going on? Or there's, you know, offered different, different perspectives or different ways to try things and kind of let me see that there, there wasn't always just the one way to do things. So I appreciate that feedback. That is something that I'm always trying to, to make sure that my work embodies is, is this something that I would have benefited from as a young dance student or as a young teacher or anything like that. So thank you.
0: No, you're welcome. But I'm wondering now whether that uh, you could give us, you know, if there was one, you know, either little tip or one little practice that we as dance educators and, you know, people listening to today's podcast could integrate into their classroom this week or this month. Is there something, you know, that you think is a really good stepping stone or a starting point before then diving into some more knowledge? Is, do you have any little tips like that that you could share with us?
6: Ooh, um, I would say to really, to just not say the things that you always say in class. (laughs) And I know that's not really an easy task, um, but I really do think that so much of this work and so, like, just paying attention to our language is so, so important that that's where I feel like everybody needs to start. and. So maybe that's maybe you don't even take that into class as a dance teacher. Um, maybe it you know comes from tuning into your own self-talk and trying to catch yourself when you say something negative to yourself, um, and then trying to reframe it and rephrase it into something that is more positive. Um, or if you, I mean, I think all dance teachers get tired of saying the same thing over and over again. I'm sure all teachers do. But sometimes I feel like, you know, the Peanuts character there in the Peanuts cartoon, there's the teacher in the background who's always just like, wah, 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 like that's literally the noise she makes. Sometimes I feel like that with my students and... And I'm sure we all do. So mm-hmm. when I when I find myself like having one of those moments where I feel like I'm just saying the same thing over and over again and it's not getting through, that's a cue that I use for myself to be like, okay, so clearly this isn't working. Let's try something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's just rearranging my language and my words. Or maybe it's not even saying anything at all. Sometimes it's just... Turning the next piece of music onto the next track and just leaving it and not saying anything at all, um, mm. but yeah, that those would be my tips. I know they're not super easy <laughs> ones, unfortunately. Um, That's
1: okay. That's
0: but, still really helpful, and I think yeah. um, something that we can all start trying to implement, you know, straight away, which is awesome.
1: Thank you for listening to the Business of Dance podcast. For show notes and other episodes, please go to businessofdance.net slash podcast to learn more about Business of Dance and stay up to date with all the episode releases, as well as lots of extra studio tips and tricks please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or wish to be a guest on the podcast, please contact us at podcast at businessofdance.net. We appreciate you taking the time to rate and review us on iTunes and wish you a great day. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And until then, keep dancing your way to the business you have always desired.